One of my goals with the Secret Podcast is to make the supernatural more natural and the paranormal more normal. These are events and occurrences that happen as a part of our natural and normal everyday lives. We've just been conditioned to ignore them and deny their existence. Well, it's time to undo that conditioning. I'm proud to announce that Ray Davis and I of Sixth Sense Media have created our own Sixth Sense Media clothing line. We can't always go up to somebody and say, hey, what do you think about disclosure and UFOs and aliens on the earth? But you can wear one of our Disclosure Now t-shirts and get people's attention. Start the conversation or connect with another like-minded person who sees your shirt. If you're a truth seeker or someone looking to enact positive change in the world, why not wear it with pride? Connect with other like-minded truth seekers and become the change you want to be and see in this world. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store tab, and become the change you were born to inspire. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store. Welcome to Truth Seekers. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. We have more power than I suspect the majority of us are aware of. There are some that are in the know and they work to keep that hidden from us but i think as we go on this journey of understanding of who we truly are we can find that hidden power i want to talk about that uh, at some point during this show because i think it's important i want this show to be uplifting inspiring and empowering for all of you out there because that's how i'm feeling right now my friends it's been a positive day for me and i want to share that with all of you some of the things i've come across some of the connections i've made some of the things that i've known and re-remembered today that i'm Happy to share with all of you. I have some things in the news I want to get to as well, of course, on the Seeker Podcast. Dennis Nappy the second here, my friends. We're going to make that paranormal normal and that supernatural feel quite natural as we dive into this podcast. Speaking of positivity, you know, I've been, for a long time, for the last couple of years, I've been hearing a lot about mindfulness. I've been trying to practice mindfulness and being present and being in the moment. But what does that really mean? And I've, I've struggled with that quite a bit, mainly being present. We hear it a lot, but are we able to practice it? Especially, I tell you, it feels like I'm pulled in so many different directions. And I think all of most of you out there, I would assume have a similar feeling because that's the way our society is structured right now. I know for me, it's like, I've got a family, I've got three kids, I have a wife. So that in and of itself being home, I've got four other people who require my different levels of my attention. I have a home that requires different levels of care of attention. I have a dog who, and now he's aging, requires a different level of my attention. So in any given moment right there, my attention is already divided. And on add that now, I have a job where I'm a special education teacher. I have 21 kids on my caseload, plus about 100 other kids that I interact with on a daily basis. Plus, I have parents that I'm dealing with, emails that I'm getting, lessons that I have to teach, staff that I engage with. 
My attention is constantly being pulled and divided in multiple directions. Then there's crypto viewing, then there's the podcast, then there's the book. There are so many different things that are constantly running through my mind. So I sit down in the morning, I say, oh, here's everything that I have to do today. And I start doing the first thing. And then I say, well, I've got 10 other things I have to get to. So I have to rush through this thing so I can get to that thing so I can get to that thing. And I'm constantly focused on what's next, what's next, what's next. Is this, does this sound like your life as well? And it's like everything you do, everything I do, I'm rushing through it to get to the next thing. So this morning, I, I woke up, I got up early. Uh, well, earlier than my kids, and I meditated, which I, I it's how I start my day. And I, when I meditate, I tell myself, I don't care what I have for the rest of the day. Right now, I'm focused on my meditation, and it's about me. And in those moments, in that 15 minutes in the morning where I'm doing my morning meditation, I don't think about anything else other than that moment. And I'm at peace. And then I try to, and then I get into my yoga routine. And sometimes I can focus just on my yoga and my body, and it's great. Sometimes my kids wake up and they're climbing all over me, and then I have to stop what I'm doing and get them something to drink, something. You know, there's all the interruptions there. But I'm trying to be present and in those moments, and I feel great. But then once I'm done that, then it's okay. Get dressed, get the day started, feed the kids, and you're going through all that stuff. And the stress level starts to build because you're constantly thinking of what's next. And I had a, I understand mindfulness. I understand being present, but I'm not able to practice it during the day. And today, I had a laundry list of stuff that I wanted to do. After I finished my yoga routine, I went to make my kids breakfast and it's normally like, all right, I got to get this made. I got to make smoothies so I can rush through it and get to what I want to get done. But there's 20 steps to get there. And while I was making breakfast this morning, I had this thought, I had this realization and it brought this sense of peace to me. I'm making breakfast for my kids. And I was making them waffles this morning. And I said, well, I want to cut up some fruit as well. We have little clementine oranges. And, and I start thinking about, I have, to cut the, I have to cut the clementine up. I have to peel the skin off of it. And this one has seeds. So I got to cut some of the seeds out of it and get the waffle. And my daughter likes peanut butter. Spread the peanut. Like, I'm thinking of all the steps. And I said, you know what? I, I, just, I felt this understanding in my body. And it was... Take your time and make this breakfast the best that you possibly can. Nothing else matters right now other than the breakfast. And make this a good experience, not just for your kids when they eat it, but for you as you're making it. So I focused on what I was doing and I took my time and I spread the peanut butter on the waffle. I cut up the clementine. And I arranged it on the plate in a, in a nice, neat fashion. And I served it to my kids. And I felt wonderful doing it. It totally changed my mood. There was no stress because all I had to worry about right then was the clementine, was the waffle, was the peanut butter. And I felt, I felt great. There was no stress to it. And I realized that is what being present is. It's 
focusing on what's in front of me right now because the past right now doesn't exist the future right now doesn't exist and me being stressed about what I have to get to next is not going to help me get to it it's just going to ruin the moment here I'm going to miss the moment of preparing breakfast for my kids which is a special thing in and of itself so I'm I was thankful I had to do that and that feeling resonated with me throughout the rest of my day and I had two projects to do with one with my son one with my daughter today and usually I'm rushing through them and getting frustrated and not enjoy and I always say to myself why can't I enjoy these moments with my kids doing a project with them and today I did we had to create a turkey in disguise because it's hiding from Thanksgiving and my daughter wanted to do a unicorn and we looked it up and we did it and I felt like I created a piece of artwork with her and my son is creating a comic book for his cousin and I sat there and I helped him map it out and plan it out and I was just present and it felt really good and beyond that I got through everything else I wanted to do today and I spent quality time with my kids and I worked in a half hour nap so and I didn't stress once today and that was pretty awesome so I highly recommend that you try it you find your way to be present in the moment and you'll get to that other stuff stop worrying about it uh, I, I wanted to share that with all of you and it kind of ties into what I want to get to uh, a little bit later in the show but I think that's important to share and I think it's an important way to conduct our lives and it reminds me of when I was in boot camp I remember same thing they put a lot of stress and pressure on you to see how you handle it and I remember when I first started out in boot camp I, I found myself I was named as the platoon leader I had about 30 soldiers under me and they said but you're also going to be the road guard in charge of road guards so we wake up in the morning they're screaming at you you have to get dressed you have to get your bed made you have to brush your teeth you have to shave I didn't have to shave when I was 18 I didn't have any facial hair but um, so in addition to that I had to get accountability for everybody I had to make sure everybody was lined up and had all their gear and I was in charge of road guards so then I had to make sure every road guard had their vest every road guard had their flashlight everything worked and they knew what order they were in and what to do and blah 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 I had all these jobs I was a young soldier I hadn't yet learned to delegate so I was micromanaging out my ass but at that point with my current skill set the drill instructors were screaming at me get this done get that done get this done and I paused and I took a deep breath and I said these next 10 seconds are mine count out to 10 and then I just said I'm going to focus on one task at a time and I did and I got everything done and everything went well and I didn't get screamed at that day because I got all my jobs done so it, that mindfulness that being present being in the moment instead of focusing on what's coming in the future it can help you even in that stressful situation if you watch lost uh, Jack talks about that moment as well if you remember that show lost I think that's a great show all right let me let me move past my mindfulness talk here it's Saturday evening, 11:20 uh, p.m. right now, the 9th of November. In just two days, we'll be celebrating Veterans Day. It's a uh, big day where veterans across the United States can go out and get their free dinner, their free discounts, whatever. You know, it frustrates me sometimes. A lot of stores and businesses use this as an opportunity to sell things, and is. And I certainly have taken advantage of it. Hey, it's great. Thank you. You're appreciative of my service, and, and I love it. 
Um, not that I love, I do love it. I appreciate that. It's nice. I try not to get caught up in that though, because Veterans Day is a day where we should appreciate. And look, I've thought about my service. I've written about my service, you know, in my first book and what it means to me. And my understanding of what my service meant has drastically changed over the years. I volunteered to serve my country, but, you know, I heard someone saying not once did I defend my constitution. And I didn't. I was deployed to Bosnia. I wasn't defending my constitution. People look at me and they used to say, oh, he fought for us or he volunteered to fight for us. I never fought for any of us. Um, I was protecting U.S. interests, but no. We, you know, we, under, we know now how our government is operating and, and how the military is being used. At least I, I, you know, my understanding of things based on my current perspective. But when I was in, my belief was strong in, in what America stands for, in what I believe America stands for, in freedom. And that was very strong for me. And on Veterans Day, I, I reflect on that, on what that means. But I came across something that really concerned me. Now, I don't want to be scary and spread fear, but I need to share this in case any of you are veterans out there. We need to be mindful. And I don't want to go on this long rant, but if you listen to me talk about the changes in our economy, cryptocurrency, the blockchain, um, and some of the analysis we've done and looking at social credit and how information is being gathered. I saw something on Facebook. It's, it's an article from military.com. It's titled, Amazon Prime announces big military discount for Veterans Day. Whoa, that's awesome. I have Amazon Prime with my family and it costs us, I guess, 100 bucks a year. They're offering, here we go, if uh, starting today and running through November 11th, veterans, active duty troops, and Guard and Reserve members can get a one-year Amazon Prime membership for $79. That's $40 off the regular price. If you already have an account, you can renew your Prime membership at the lower rate. That's awesome, right? You're going to save 40 bucks a year. I went to the Amazon site. I clicked on it uh, and to look at it and see what it entails. So when you go to the website, it brings you to Amazon Prime, and you click the Get Started tab. You log into your account, which I'm doing right now because I want to read you their verbiage here. Hang on. And it comes up, and it says here, first, verify your eligibility. After verifying your eligibility, Prime will be added to your cart and you'll be redirected to check out what the promotion applied. If you're having trouble verifying your eligibility online, our customer support team can help you or email you after your first verification attempt. To receive this promotion, you must be a verified U.S. veteran, active duty, or reserve National Guard member. Okay, so it's going to ask you to verify your military affiliation. That's where I stopped. Why? Okay, let us not forget the other business that Amazon has running. This is from the Amazon website, aws.amazon.com. Here's the uh, header there. 
The AWS cloud provides secure, scalable, and cost-effective solutions to support the unique requirements and missions of the U.S. federal government. Our cloud services can be employed to meet mandates, reduce costs, drive efficiencies, and increase innovation across civilian agencies, the intelligence community, and the Department of Defense. Let me read that part again. Our cloud services can be employed to meet mandates, reduce costs, drive efficiencies, and increase innovative uh, innovation across civilian agencies, the intelligence community, and the Department of Defense. Cloud computing offers a pay-as-you-go model delivering access to up-to-date technology resources that are managed by experts. Access AWS services over the internet with no upfront costs, no capital investment, and pay only for the computing resources that you use as your needs scale. Okay, so Amazon has a direct affiliation with the United States government and their intelligence communities. Why is that concerning? Well, they are now running a collection operation to identify members of the United States military, people who have special training, people who were trained soldiers, airmen, seamen, whatever you want to call us. Why is that a problem? Doesn't the government already have access to that? Yes, but that information is spread all over the place. It's not as concise as what Amazon can do because they can now say, here are the members of the U.S. military. Here is where they currently live. Here is their travel habits. Here is what's going on with Alexa in their home as we can listen to them because we have these electronic listening devices. We have the apps on their phones. We can see their travel patterns and their habits. Oh, and we see their online shopping habits. We see what they're buying. We see who's a prepper. We see who's buying things that will be provides to teach strategic and tactical advantages for them. We see how often they're buying it. We see who they're connected to. Do you, do you realize what a valuable piece of intelligence information this is? The Constitution was written to protect us from allowing the government to spy on us, from unlawful searches and seizures. The government now has at its fingertips access to information for anyone who'd be able to provide some sort of a resistance from a government that turned hostile against its people and its citizens. This is absolutely concerning. And I'm, what I was seeing on social media was veterans eating this up. Thank you. This is awesome. I got my 40%. Yes. Why? Because we love our discounts. But you need to understand what an op this is. Now, I'm not saying that the military is going to be targeted. What I am saying is that if something like that were to happen, you are giving them everything they would possibly need to mount an offensive against the people who are best trained and suited to protect you. So use caution to my friends that are veterans with identifying yourself. I went through the same thing at the DMV. I had to get a new driver's license a few weeks back. And I went to the window and they said, are you a veteran? No, I am not. Why? Because it's another database that has your photo ID and your address and somebody can easily pull that up. Again, let's say the government drastically changes in the next couple of years and now it's no longer a good thing, a proud thing to be a veteran with training and you get pulled over by the police and they run your system and it comes up veteran. This person is trained. Do we need that information populating other databases? 
I don't think that we do. So use caution, my brothers and sisters in arms. I threw something up there on Facebook, not a single comment on what I said. And all I said was, Saida, Saida, use caution. And hopefully my veteran friends saw it and knew well enough not to comment or engage with that post. And they looked into it on their own. I'm hoping that's what happened. But Saida stands for subversion and espionage directed against the army. That's all. Use caution, friends. Let's move on. I want to get to some other stuff here, some more empowering, uplifting things. But first, let's talk about some some mysteries here. This is from unknowncountry.com, Whitley Strieber's unknowncountry.com. This article is titled, The U.S. Air Force's Mysterious Space Plane Just Returned from a Record 780 Days in Orbit. The U.S. Air Force's super-secretive X-37 Bravo space plane returned to Earth on October 27th after spending a record... 780 days in orbit. This is the fifth mission for our for the miniature space shuttle, beating its previous orbital marathon record by 62 days. But despite the two craft that make up the Air Force's shuttle fleet having spent nearly eight years combined traveling through space, we still know extremely little about what top secret missions these spacecraft were carrying out. With a successful landing today, the X-37 Bravo completed its longest flight to date, and successfully completed all mission objectives, according to Randy Walden, Air Force Rapid Capabilities Officer Director. The mission successfully hosted Air Force Research Laboratory experiments, among others, as well as providing a ride for small satellites. What we do know is this X-37 Bravo that recently returned to Earth launched from Kennedy Space Center Launch Complex 39 Alpha on September 7, 2017, aboard a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. The first four missions were launched on Atlas V rockets and was accompanied by a number of smaller satellites into orbit. The X-37 Bravo was inserted into a highly inclined 54.5 degree orbit, carrying it further from the equator than it had been on previous missions. On April 19, 2018, it also used its onboard propulsion system to lower its orbit from about 220 miles high down to 196 miles causing it to change the repeat of its ground track, the path on the surface of the Earth, directly below a satellite from two days to five. This, the only experiment on board that was disclosed by the U.S. Air Force was the Advanced Structurally Embedded Thermal Spreader 2, an oscillating heat pipe that reportedly can expel 45 times more heat than a copper heat sink. Otherwise, any other experiments that were carried out in the X-37 Bravo remain extremely hush-hush. The Air Force hasn't even disclosed which of the two X-37 Bravo craft were sent on this mission. Quote, the X-37 Bravo continues to demonstrate the importance of the reusable space plane, said Secretary of the Air Force Barbara Barrett. Each successive mission advances our nation's space capabilities. So when I hear that, you know, we're looking at obviously the Space Force being created and generated and they want an Elon Musk, what he's pioneering with SpaceX, we can reuse rockets. They go up, they come back down. They go up, they come back down. I think that's very interesting that for about two years, a plane, a craft was in space orbiting around, and they're not telling us what they were doing. What could be so secretive that they're that they're doing up there in outer space? So uh, I'll be curious. I'm curious about that. Very interesting stuff. All right. Uh, from the Daily Star, NASA astronauts say we need a shield around the world before it's too late. Doesn't take much to destroy uh, civilization, says Apollo 9 astronaut Rusty Sh uh, Schweckart. 
Uh, it's an interesting article I'll share it with for you to read and review in the show notes, but basically they're talking about all of these near-Earth asteroids. We just had another near-miss uh, last week, I think. These rocks, obviously these space debris have the ability to completely wipe out life on Earth. It's only a matter of time before we're struck again, and he's warning we don't have enough technology in place to protect ourselves from this. Uh, again, in the article, he says we don't need an Armageddon Bruce Willis style destroy the asteroid. We just need to either slow it down a little bit or speed it up so it will miss that impact course that it may or may not be on. So interesting article. Certainly something we need to keep watch out for. We're seeing more and more of these near misses, and I come back to, well, I think it was Bill Cooper or David Icke had a guy that he talked about one of his talks. It's going to go, the fear-mongering tactics going to go from terrorism, and then we're going to go to a space-based threat to create the Space Force. Watch out for asteroids, and then watch out for an alien threat before we have this staged alien invasion. So I think we're seeing more and more the case for asteroids to be worried about. Look for that. Uh, another Daily Star article, U.S. government forces NASA to cut ISS feed when UFOs appear for national security. The head of a UFO disclosure group believes NASA is the victim of government laws and that it is possible UFOs are being seen on ISS live feeds. I'll have this for you to look at and review in the show notes as well. There are several YouTube videos out there where we see a UFO appear and then all of a sudden the NASA live feed mysteriously goes dark. So I suspect that's actually going on. Here we go. This is from Max Planck here. Imagine movements can alter our brains. Brain-computer interfaces have a structural impact on brain substance. Brain-computer interfaces work on the principle that measurable changes in electrical brain activity occur just by thinking about performing a task. Signals can be read, evaluated, and then converted into control signals via a machine learning system which can then be used to operate a computer or prosthesis. In a recently published study, researchers from the Max Planck Institute for Human Cognitive and Brain Sciences, Leipzig, and the Public University of Navarre and TU Berlin demonstrated that after just one hour's training with a BCI, significant changes could be detected in test subjects' brains, meaning that training with the BCI also has the direct repercussions on the neural structure and function of the brain. What does that mean? I wrote uh, a couple books uh, after my first book service. I wrote a book called The Urban Educator's Survival Guide, School Teachers in Violent Classrooms. And one of my underlying themes in that was mental role-playing, running through scenarios in your mind. What this article is saying is that you can learn stuff and um, create new pathways just by running through mental exercises, you don't always have to physically do something. And that's I, I, I've experienced directly as a police officer um, and then as a teacher doing those mental exercises, training my body to do things and my mind to react in specific ways if a certain threat was to happen. So I it, it gets exhausting sometimes for me because it became an obsessive thought, so I had to scale it back. But I would continually, everywhere I went, evaluate what's the threat, what's my evac, how will I react if somebody comes in with a gun, how will I react if somebody has a knife, how will I react if X, Y, Z happens, and I would run those scenarios constantly, and it was uh, it, it 
provided a great benefit similar to that of actually training to defend if someone came in and did all of those things. Now, there's a difference between saying doing that and going saying if somebody came in, I would do a triple backflip ninja kick and kick them in the face. No. That's a different thing. That's imagining you would do something that you're not capable of doing. It's knowing your capabilities and running through those capabilities repeatedly until that thought process becomes second nature and you can create those pathways and there's a study out there basically confirming what many of us uh, in law enforcement have known for a long time so if you have if you're a prepper or if you're trying to prepare for an emergency Use caution when doing this because you don't want it to become obsessive to the point where that's all you think of and now you're in a fear-based state. There's a clear distinction when you're doing this because you can make yourself, you can drive yourself crazy. But run through your preps, run through your plans in your mind. You don't always have to run a physical drill. But run through the scenario in your mind and say, what would I do? What would I do if? What would I do if this happened, if that happened? And you can actually create learning through that as well. And it's very valuable. Okay. Um, I want to move into the whole point of this. The power that we have. What I really wanted to talk about with this show. And I promise this wasn't set up as a shameless plug for my book. Um, and I say this, I repeat this a lot. But my book, I believe, is empowering. And I'm saying it because I just happened to glance to my right and my book's sitting right next to me. That's the I Am Human Food for the Archons. And it's a prime example of what I want to talk about. I wrote the book as a book of despair, um, showing that there was an energy parasite eating, consuming our energy. And as I was trying to basically prove the existence of energy that's being given off, I found we have this real power. And this real power is comes from an electromagnetic field that is generated from the human heart. And that field is also a part of the, the planet Earth. It's a part of the sun. It's a part of the universe. And it's connected. It's what connects us to everything. So I was shown that. I researched that. I encountered that time and time and time again. And I realized just how powerful that electromagnetic field is. I'm sorry. I realize that it is powerful. I don't know how powerful it is other than it's more powerful than I'm capable of imagining at this point in my existence. Greg Braden. Listen, we look at a lot of scary things and I have come across Greg Braden's content at times in my life when I've needed it most. And when I was at my lowest point, my most fearful point, when I first started writing this book, I came across a discussion with Greg Braden and it uplifted me and it set me on the thread that then produced this book. He's a very empowering speaker to listen to. If you are at a point in your journey right now where you're bracing for impact, where you find yourself in a fear-based state, when you find yourself at that point of sadness and depression, I want you to listen to the video I'm going to link in the show notes. You can find it on YouTube. It's called The Language That Will Change Our Future. It's by Greg Braden. I want you to listen to that. I want you to listen to other things that he has said. Because for me, it changed my perspective. It gave me the shift I needed, the reminder that I needed, that we have true power. And 
I want to come back to to a conversation I had with Edward Reardon, and we were we were debating, we were talking about remote viewing, and are there barriers that can be put into place that can be blocked? And Edward, he's talked about it on the show as well. He said, he said no, and he was adamant about it. He says when you start taking that program into your mind, that mind parasite, that mental virus, you are allowing yourself to be limited. Edward can do what he does because he believes, he knows, he understands that with his remote viewing, he can do anything. He can perceive anything. And the strength that comes through him when he, when I had this discussion with him was very powerful. And I think that applies in our lives. And David Icke talks about this as well. We're only limited by our belief that we have limitations on things. And what Greg Braden was talking about in this video, I think is empowering. And he says, every one of you is speaking to this field that's around us, which he calls the divine matrix, every single day. Do you know what you are saying? I'm, I'm quoting and paraphrasing him from this video. And, and I, I said this in my book, I came to the same conclusion. We are constantly transmitting and receiving into this field, this energetic soup that then has an impact on our greater reality. Are we aware of what we are transmitting? Many of us are not. We're not aware of what we're putting out there. And he talks about, Greg Braden talks about quantum particles. He says quantum particles can communicate with themselves in the past and in the future. Again, that explains how remote viewing is possible. It also explains how we can empower ourselves and support ourselves and learn from ourselves in the past and in the future. He says this is possible because we are made of these quantum particles that have these abilities. And it's not so much we think about in our minds, but what we believe in our hearts. Because, and Greg, this is, again, I'm quoting him here, all possibilities exist in quantum possibilities. And David Icke's famous for saying, we are infinite possibility. I am consciousness having an experience that is infinite in its possibilities. Now, what Greg Braden said was that belief is a union of thought and emotion. And I think that is a beautiful thing. He said thought happens, looking at our energetic and our chakra systems, he said thought happens in the upper three chakras. That's your crown chakra, your third eye chakra, and your throat, throat, throat chakra. And he says uh, emotion happens in the lower chakra, the two in your solar plexus, your abdomen, and then your root chakra. And he says, which, which chakra is missing? The heart chakra. That's feeling. And feeling is the union of thought and emotion. And that makes so much sense. We have the emotional uh, sensation in our gut. We think about it in our minds. And then we manifest it through belief in our hearts. And that's a system that we have within our bodies. And he looked at the atoms and the atomic structures. And we were in school. And again, I'm quoting his video here. But when we're in school, we look at the atom. 
and we were taught this model of the atom. You have the nucleus in the center, and it's this round little planetoid-looking thing, and then you have these little balls of electrons that are orbiting that. But now science understands it quite differently. It's not these little particles around itself. It's energetic waves of possibility that just exist in energetic waveform. So if that's what an atom is, an energetic wave, he says, if you want to change the stuff of the world, you must change the energy the stuff exists within. We know that if we change the electromagnetic fields, we can alter the atoms. We know through various studies that I have in great detail in the book, our output through our hearts with electromagnetism can influence our reality. That is where our power lies. So I've been struggling off and on with some of the scary things I'm seeing unfold. But then I took a step back and I looked at all the wonderful things that I've watched manifest around me. Things I've achieved because I've thought about it and then I've believed it. And then it's come true. And it's happening faster and faster and faster for me now. Now, I'm still not a millionaire. <laughs> Stuff like that. That hasn't manifested yet. Certain things like that. But there's other things that I've... And I think the reason why I'm not a millionaire at this point is because... I don't invest the emotional and mental energy into being a millionaire. My driving force is this metaphysical, spiritual understanding and in how the world works and in understanding everything I talk about on the show, it's actually manifesting in a real way in my life around me right now. I suspect that if I really put that effort into understanding money on that level in making myself a millionaire it would happen a lot faster now i do put that effort into my understanding of cryptocurrency and i suspect that as crypto evolves my financial status will greatly improve and i really suspect that i am playing a role in manifesting that reality i also suspect that somehow, some way, I have the power to create a different reality where it doesn't play out that way. And I think we all have that power. And I know I did a show months ago talking about this, that my reality may be different from your reality. And the you listening to this show may actually be a manifestation of my own reality, which is a copy of a manifestation from your perceived reality. I know that goes deep and, and wild and crazy and woo-woo and stuff, but I really think there's something to that. And I want you to go to SixthSenseMedia.net and click on this show. And if you don't listen to the whole show, but at this point you've listened to the whole show, listen to the Greg Braden YouTube discussion because it's empowering. It reminds us that we have true power. And I suspect that's been the greatest kept secret from us is our ability to manifest things and create this reality.
So I encourage you to go do that. I challenge you to go do that. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about it. Have you experienced this? Do you believe this? Do you understand this? Do you work with this knowledge? And uh, what are your tricks and tips that you have? Please send them my way. All right, friends. It's uh, about 10 to 12 right now. I'm exhausted. I'm starting to see double. I hope you found this episode uh, empowering. I'd love to hear your thoughts about it. Um, and that you go forth and start to implement this. It takes time. It's it's not something that happens overnight. Again, use that mental role-playing. Use those mental exercises. Be mindful. Be present. Be in the moment. I went through a lot of tools that we can use that will help us to, I believe, better our situation, empower us, and improve what it is that we're doing. And I, I've, I have directly experienced this so many times on so many levels and i'm not going through example by example because i don't want to sit here and sound braggy because this is not about me right now this is about the potential that exists within all of us within you listening to this show right now i will say that there's a wealth of resources discussion and links uh, all over SixthSenseMedia.net, all through the Secret Podcast as well. I encourage you to check it out. If you haven't done so already, also please sign up for my newsletter, SixthSenseMedia.net. Click on uh, SixthSenseMedia.net slash I Am Human. You'll get the first book in the I Am Human series for free, and you'll get the weekly newsletter sent to your inbox. And that's it, my friends. I'm out of time. I'm exhausted. I'm going to sleep. I hope you have a wonderful week. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been another episode of the Seeker Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep an open mind. And let your intuition be your guide. Thanks for listening.